Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I am Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We're sure that you will enjoy it. We'll have the latest news from around the SEC. Uh, That includes a scouting spotlight on several players currently in the SEC. Also, constant recruiting reports. We'll talk Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia, uh, all the schools you could possibly want to hear about will be on the podcast from day to day. You're locked on SEC football podcast, and uh, we're ready to get rolling. First, I want to be sure and welcome Twillery on board. Uh, Twillery.com is where you can find some incredible shirts that do not wrinkle, itch, or sweat. It's 2019. So you got to check out Twillery as soon as you can. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle for more free shipping and returns. Smart Casual just got smarter and cheaper. Twillery brings performance work shirts into the next level with four-way stretch material that shuts down wrinkles, stops sweat, and keeps you looking and feeling cool for as low as $55 a pop. Twillery, built on a century-old family manufacturing business. They still make millions of shirts a year for leading brands. They leverage those contacts and with the team's technical know-how to keep costs down while maintaining high standards and quality and craftsmanship. Shirts are a commodity, and you need to stock up your closet with Twillery. Easy, affordable, and the perfect fit, and that's guaranteed. Don't forget about the value if you shop in bundles as low as $55 dollars per shirt and they've got performance shirts dress shirts that breathe and don't sweat and their size like dress shirts with neck and sleeve sizes not small medium large extra large and most performance shirts are all polyester and feel like plastic uh, theirs are cotton with an incredible hand feel that's twillery no annoying scratchy tags wrinkle free and don't forget about the untuckable as well. Go to twillery.com slash locked on and use that promo code for $25 off twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for $25 off. So here we go. Let's get to it. The big lead. And we start with a key commitment to the Aggies, uh, Texas A&M, a three-star 2020 tight end. Blake Smith, and you like him more than the typical three-star. I do. I think he, you know, he's 6'5", 240. He's a really good blocker. He had a ton of offers. I think he was just misevaluated by um, some of the folks. He's definitely not by those schools, Alabama, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State, uh, among the other big-time schools that were after him. After him, got a lot of upside, Dave. He's going to be a 260-pound guy, and he can move very well. Um, He's, uh, boy, they... For a school that did not use tight ends uh, under the previous coach, uh, uh, Kevin Zumlin, uh, A&M is getting some really good tight ends to to replenish their cupboard there. Uh, it's a it's a really good get for them. I think a very underrated player. So uh, good news for them, uh, Texas A&M. Mm, let's go with uh, some tight end news with uh, Alabama. Uh, the, it'd be interesting to see what kind of production they get after uh, some key losses, including Herb Smith. Yeah, you know, so over the weekend, kind of going over some film and going over some notes that one of the things you look at guys that were lost and who's replacing them and the tight end production. We know that Irv Smith is off to the NFL. 
Uh, and there's good depth at Alabama, but are, are they going to be the type of impact player that Irv Smith will be? Not sure that we're going to see that. They also lost Hale Hinches. But, um, you know, really kind of looking at the spring practice tape and going over um, the, the film notes from when, when these other guys played, uh, I think that you've got a couple of guys that can that can play. Uh, Redshirt Jr., Miller Forrestall is, I think, a very capable receiver. I think they're going to use him in a similar role, meaning he's going to be flexed out, flexed out some in the slot. He'll be an inline Y. Um, he's not Irv Smith, but he can catch the football. And I think as they kind of spread people out with the plethora of receivers that they have, this guy will make some plays because they're going to find the most mismatches uh, in coverage with this guy because this is not the guy that you're going to focus on with all those receivers but expect them to have a productive season as I think that the tight end production while not having an Irv Smith was still pretty good at be pretty good at Alabama this year. And freshman cornerback Kalir Elam has a chance to be the third corner for the Gators in 2019. Yeah. You know, checked in with uh, the coaches here this weekend. Cause I was, um, you know, excited about what I've seen from this guy and he arrived on campus in May and, he was a four-star commitment, and just every program wanted him. And they have C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson, so they're really, really good. But and, and maybe as good a duo corners in the country. We've got a couple of them at uh, at Florida and and at Al- and at LSU. But this may be the most experienced in terms of quality. Um, but you don't see as much depth when they get into their fourth, fifth corner. But I got to tell you, uh, Kalir Elam is really good. Um, I think he'll be able to play some inside in nickel. I think he can play outside when they they want to move Henderson or Wilson inside. So I don't know about the overall depth in terms of the fourth, fifth corner, but their third corner I think is in pretty good shape. They like him. They say he's really great to work with. And um, so it kind of uh, supplanted uh, or, excuse me, cemented what I saw on film from him. So – uh, another player uh, that that I was doing a little homework on this weekend, Claire Elam, that I think is going to really help the Gators this year. And then LSU uh, has a defensive end that you think's one of the more underrated players in the SEC. Yeah, um, you know, Kayvon uh, Chason is a besides having a great name, is a really underrated player. He's a five star guy, if you remember, folks, coming out of 2017 class. Lots of potential, but he had the knee injury in the season opener. So you kind of, you know, people tend to forget about him. He's healthy again. This guy really did good things prior to his injury. He's moving very well. Uh, Of course, it's just down the street for me. So um, spending some time with the staff again recently, the end of last week, and looking back at kind of what he did watching him this spring. This kid is really talented and is a guy that because – he was off the radar last year. It's going to really jump on everybody's radar this year. I pray for good health as I do for all these players. This kid's going to have a really good year, I think, and is going to be a big staple as a pass rusher for LSU's defense. And depending on how good this kid may end up coming out early for the draft, if he has that good of a year. So um, remember chase on cable on chase on of LSU. A big-time recruiting report coming from Athens here momentarily. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC football podcast. Uh, 
Big-time commitment for the Bulldogs. More after this. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Don't forget about those fantastic shirts. Twillery, that's right, Twillery. Go to twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on and get $25 off. Stay tuned. Your Locked On SEC Football podcast continues after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is time for your recruiting report. I told you Georgia received a verbal commitment, and it's a big one. Four-star, 2020 defensive tackle Warren Brinson. Your thoughts? Uh, big one indeed, into uh, the tune of about 6'4", six, three, six, 300 pounds. Of course, he committed to Georgia back in November. But then in late January, reopened it, uh, looked uh, hard at Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida. He's from Bradenton, Florida. Um, he decided to go back was his initial thought. What do they say? You, your first thought is usually your best, and uh, that's where he ended up. Uh, he's going to Georgia. He announced he's one of the best defensive tackles, a really good run stuffer, um, a outstanding young talent, not overly athletic, but for his size, moves pretty well. Uh, good get for Georgia. I guess a new get, it's really an old get, but uh, somebody that uh, that the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are very happy to get. Warren Brinson, four-star defensive tackle in the class of 2020. And then a four-star 2020 cornerback, Jalen Jones, remains locked in on his commitment to uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, you know, he's another guy that uh, really good corner, uh, really has got good feet and can really flip his hips and turn and run. Um, he, he's from, uh, uh, Cibilo, uh, Texas and, you know, he verbally committed, uh, early to A&M, but then he, w- he was looking at Alabama, Arkansas, among others. Uh, he's really one of the better corners in the state of Texas and probably one of the top 15 players overall in the state of Texas. He recently came out, came out this weekend, uh, late last week, uh, after we did our Friday show as uh, uh, proclaiming that Texas A&M, he's still locked on. Uh, we, lo- we love that, of course. Locked on to Texas A&M and his commitment there. So uh, it's good news for Texas A&M as they need more of those cover corners. Uh, getting one of the very best in the state of Texas, one of the very best in the country, uh, getting them reaffirmed with his commitment is a great get for them this weekend. Then Auburn with a verbal commitment from uh, three-star 2020 offensive lineman Javion Cohen. Yeah, you know, he's a three-star guy, but, he, you know, he's 6'7", 275. I think he's got better foot quickness, and I think he's a little bit better than he is. They had their uh, Big Cat weekend, which they call their annual recruiting weekend, and um, he's he's a good player uh, in, in state, you know, top 20 player in state. Uh, he was once committed to South Carolina. He reopened his commitment earlier this spring. Um, he's a, a big hole, obviously, needed to be filled on the offensive line when you consider who they're going to be losing in a year. Uh, this kid's got some upside potential. He may be coming in as a three-star, but with that frame and that feet and that uh, foot quickness, I think he has a chance to be um, a much better player than that down the road. So a good get, a good big cat weekend get for the Auburn Tigers and Javion Cohen. Let's step inside the film room with this uh, LSU offense. It it seems like the LSU offense is uh, (laughs) modified about every single year, but what are the changes that we can see this year? Well, here's what I can tell you for certain. And spending time with the coaches in the film room and in the spring practice, 
Um, I can tell you what they're working on. I don't know yet, and we never know until they they get into the season. And you know, you you've got to have the freedom to make the decisions that you want to make. Now, Steve Zinsminger is still there as the offensive coordinator, um, but they have brought in a a really good young coach and Joe Hardy that's coming from the Saints, and they have done a lot of different things with RPO concepts that and some spread looks that have been added to the LSU offense. Uh, it's typically downhill run, play action pass. We'll see how much I know they've implemented, how much they use. Don't know. But Joe Burrow has really taken hold of everything this offseason in terms of leadership, in terms of working. And I do feel that they feel very comfortable with, you know, Joe Brady does coming in from the Saints and Steve Insminger, certainly Coach O does, that they feel like uh, Joe can be the type of leader and maybe have the type of year that could take this offense to the next level. So I say this with a, with a bit of uh, – uh, of understanding that, look, just because they're putting it in, just because they've worked hard at it, I don't know how much they're going to call upon it. But I would suspect to see a little bit more of a branching out. You know, when they when O came in and he got the job, he came out and, and his affection will say, we're going to run spread. We're gonna do and, of course, you know, it just didn't work. It brought in Matt Canada, and that was a bad hire. It was a bad fit. Matt's a good coach, but that was a that was oil and water clashing. And so O retreated and went back into his cubby hole, and then they, they became very conservative again. But I think he knows if they're going to make some strides, you know, getting shut out against Alabama, uh, they had a good year, and they'll talk about they should have won beat A&M and all that. But the reality is LSU is getting further and further away from competing with Alabama, and they feel like they've got to make some substantive changes to get something going to make a run at Alabama, at least close the gap um, and not fall behind further in the West. This is kind of their answer offensively, and we're going to see how they implement it, uh, Dave, this year. And on the other side of the ball, uh, they can certainly lean on junior safety Grant Delpit. I tell you what, I mean, I, I went back and I wanted to mention him again. We've, we've uh, spotlighted him a little bit, but he is the most versatile safety in college football. I think the guy can be an all-pro player at the NFL level. His range, his ability to come off the edge as a blitzer, his ability to cover deep, his ability to come down and defend the run. Uh, this kid's special, and so I, I think everybody knows about him. It's no state secret here, but Grant Delpit is just simply outstanding, as is, I wanted to mention, George's Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle, true sophomore. He started at left tackle after starting at right tackle. This kid, these are two All-Americans coming out of this conference that have been talked about a lot, a lot, and well deserved. Dave, these are these are really outstanding talents that I can't say enough about. And after studying them through the past couple of years and looking at them this spring, I expect great things from them. So coming up, we will have a scouting spotlight. We'll look at Missouri, a couple of players there, also an Auburn sophomore that could have an all-SEC season. Your Locked On SEC Football Podcast brought to you in part by Twillery.com. Again, these shirts, you're not going to believe it. They don't wrinkle. Uh, you're not going to uh, sweat, and uh, they don't itch. They're tagless. They've got also the untuckable look, which uh, I prefer 
and you can get $25 off if you go to twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. Again, locked on. And for a limited time, they've got a Father's Day special. Enjoy a free set of bottle opener collar stays. That's valid from May the 29th up until June the 16th. So go to twillery.com. You're going to love these shirts. And they can be incredibly affordable if you bundle them together as low as $55 per shirt. It'll be your new shirt. Don't forget the Friday shirt. Feels like a polo. Looks like a dress shirt. So we will have the scouting spotlight up next. Your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Let's go to Missouri. A couple of players have certainly uh, uh, caught your eye there in Missouri. Tell me about them. Well, Albert O, we, we, uh, for people who uh, are familiar with him, if you don't know who Albert O is, you will learn. You may not learn how to pronounce his last name. I have, and I can't pronounce it the same way twice. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's, I just call him Albert O. And, and, and I will say this. I'm going to call him right now heading into the season. And I might change, Dave, as the season progresses. I'll call him the best tight end in the SEC. He's a redshirt junior, 6'5", he's 255. He could have entered the NFL draft. It was a pretty strong class um, uh, of tight ends. This guy's really, really good. I mean, last year had great numbers. Of course, Drew Locke found him a lot, 43 times, uh, six touchdowns. Um, Kelly Bryant's coming in. We'll see how this passing game will evolve. But I'm going to tell you, this guy can really play – he is. Uh, he's had a shoulder injury that he's been nursing a little bit this offseason. But remember Albert O, and uh, that's all you need to know uh, because he is going to be, I think, an elite tight end, maybe one of the best tight ends, two or three in the country, and I think best in the SEC. I also want to mention a little bit about Larry Roundtree, who's a really underrated running back. It's a good offensive line that they've got returning. They've got three starters. Roundtree will get lost a little bit in – um, some of the name running backs, he's not as well regarded, but I think is a very instinctive physical runner. Ran for he had 11 touchdowns over five yards of carry, 12 over 1200 yards. Of course, they spread people out enough to where he's able to get a light box to run against. But this this guy is, is I think, going to have a good year. You've got a running quarterback that you're working with in Kelly Bryant. So, I you know, let's let's watch this Missouri offense. Uh, will it take a step back without Drew Locke? Um, it'll certainly be different with uh, Kelly Bryant, but with three returning offensive linemen, uh, tight end like Albert O, running back like Larry Roundtree, let's give the the Missouri Tigers a, a little bit of love, and we'll see what they can do on offense this year. And then Auburn sophomore wide receiver Seth Williams uh, certainly could be an all-SEC uh, player in this upcoming season. You know, I thought he was a really big-time playmaker for them last year as a freshman. And, you know, of course, this offense is, can be a little bit misleading in, in terms of yards per reception, you know, over 20 yards per reception. You know, obviously they run the power run, and then you get a lot of one-on-one matchups, so a lot of big plays. But this guy um, is not very technically sound, wasn't Seth last year. And and he he really got, I thought, a little bit better as the season went along. This guy's got some ability. He can run. He can bend. He can turn. He can be a big-time player for them. So it, it depending on how the quarterback situation evolves and what they can get going with their offense and Gus calling the plays, 
let's remember the name Seth Williams, I think could be a big time playmaker for them, particularly with all the man, man coverage that they're going to face, obviously with the loaded fronts that you have to play consistently against Auburn. That is your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.